Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal yes, friends. Yes, yes. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. I'm Chuck. I am Godless. And this is your weekly examination all. of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. And do we have a show for you this week? <laughs> we got a pretty good show. We got a couple of the, uh, yeah, yeah, we got a couple of headlines out of this one. Boom! Dave Lombardo. He's such a nice dude. He is such a very nice dude. And he is our special guest this week. We're going to be talking to him about all things film. And that's it. That's all we talk to him about. Right? No. No? No? Oh, no. We, uh, yeah. You know how that is. Like, every once in a while, we get somebody, and we're like, you know, he probably is not going to talk about whatever, whatever, whatever. Lombardo was willing to talk about just about anything we asked yeah, him about. I just think, about. Just about. Pretty pretty much. If you, if you were thinking about a question that you might have wanted to ask Dave Lombardo, I think we took care of it. Except for the fact we had about, what, you had four more pages worth of questions yeah, that you I wanted did. to ask him. So. Yeah. I mean, if, if you didn't hear the question you wanted us to ask, then, you know, use the speak pipe thing. Yeah, that's true. So make sure that you are, but yeah, we got to do, uh, do show maintenance. Yeah. I always forget the show maintenance stuff. Follow us on iTunes. Yes. Uh, so if you go there, you can subscribe, subscribe. To us, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us five stars. Tell us we suck, all that stuff. Uh, you can follow us on the Twitter box. I am at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. And don't don't mind all the Star Wars stuff because I do a Star Wars podcast too. So <laughs> there's <laughs> there's a lot of that. I'm kind of a huge but nerd. But they should also subscribe to you at No Control Radio. <laughs> well, that's my other terrestrial radio that's show right. that I do. And also you can, um, what the hell was I thinking? Uh, oh, yes, you can leave us a speak pipe message mm-hmm. on the bottom of every of every post at Metal sucks.net every week now we have a little thing where you can leave us an audio message a question that you might want us to answer um or a topic that you might want us to discuss or something of that nature so if you're listening to us timely it could be whatever yeah so if you're listening to us on your iphone because you downloaded it from itunes or on youtube or all the other places you can find us go to metalsucks.net and and leave the message and i think actually the uh i need to look at it see how it works on the mobile but i think it works on the mobile uh on safari and stuff on your phone but cool that's don't make me get all technical and shit on your ass (laughs) that's no fun at all we don't want to talk about all that shit we're gonna play some music we're gonna play something from the new film record because of course dave lombardo that's his new project we're also going to do a new one from texas in july question mark um really i saw the guys posted about it this uh was it this yeah it was last week and it's like okay all right uh and i thought the same thing that looking at the headline i'm going nah it's it's pretty good yeah so we're going to talk about that uh and uh, play a song from their new record called blood work uh, coming up on the show, but uh, what do we want to play? Do we want to answer a question? Let's answer the- a question. Okay, all right, let's do that first. Hey guys, this is Matt from Akron. Uh, love the podcast. I was just wondering with yeah, these new rumors that Joey Jorgensen was let go from Slipknot because of a possible drug problem. What I want to know is why didn't they fire Paul Gray for the same thing? Or do you think that this new zero tolerance policy is a reaction to that? Thank you, Matt. Actually, that's a really, really good question. That that post was uh, was an interview that Corey Taylor did with Metal Hammer originally, right? Right, and then Rob over at Metal, Metal Injection, Injection picked it up and, and pulled some quotes from it and, and all that stuff. And he read into it. 
Well, and I, that that's what I I was reading the the quotes that were pulled out of that and going. Well, here let's say, let me go back to Matt's question real okay. quick first before we move to Rob's thing because Matt's basically saying, "All right, so like your bassist died of drugs. Now do you take? Does your band does now take every, a policy? Yeah. Does everything you see, like any infraction of that nature, make you you know, put up the the antennas and make you go, no, get out? I would We're think done. for most bands that wouldn't it'd be sort of like it should, but it won't." necessarily but with slipknot i mean the wife sued them mm. they went to court over whether they were liable and all that yeah which i think was well, thrown got, out it was thrown out yeah because it was a pretty blatant money grab yeah so i would but as a result of that i would imagine now slipknot inc has to take a pretty strong uh uh uh, you know, policy for everybody in there. Well, that public opinion. I mean, that sort of thing. The, you know, Slipknot is one of the one of the few, you know, top tier metal bands that's making money nowadays. Right. So, I mean, they've they've got to watch their ass. And part of that, it, you know, when you look back on it, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Obviously, why didn't they do something about Paul Gray? Or why didn't they? You know, or, or that and that was the implication out of that court case was that they didn't do anything to try to stop him or save him or anything like that. Even though that's not really their their responsibility mm-hmm. uh, other than like from a business perspective you know you want to keep that going so i mean i could see where it would be in their in their interest to to get that sort of element out of the band just so they didn't have something like this pop back up again in the future you know being taken to court no matter what right win or lose is a, is a costly venture exactly you know so i mean that's something that you don't want to have done and i mean obviously you don't want your friends to be you know, dying from fucking drugs either. Right. But but at the same I'm sure time, that's totally secondary for Slipknot. <laughs> but also, it's sort of like I would think that like you don't want Joey Jordison to die because he's freaking awesome. You want to make sure that guy is still behind your band because I mean, you want to talk about you know talented drummers. I mean, we're talking the greatest of all time in just a few minutes. But I mean, Joey Jordison is top of the yeah, right up chain. there and yeah. has been for a long time and there's not that many dudes who can do what he does i'm not sold on uh uh bruce springsteen's drummer's kid being able to do what he does yeah. i'm not sold i don't think he could do it well i don't know because he only has two arms and but two why legs. would they let him go you know that's the question exactly. is why else would they let or what reason i mean other than like just, you know severe personality conflicts which you know, we might hear a little bit of that from Dave Lombardo here in a little bit. You know, it's that's that's also a possibility too. See, I, I would think that like if it were drugs, like Slipknot could all pack into a little van with all their masks on, pick up Joey Jordison and throw him in a rehab center, and everything's groovy. You know what I mean? But it didn't. I mean, the you've got the Paul Gray thing to point back to on that. I mean, is that is that just a now we know sort of thing uh, that they they didn't do it with Paul? So how, why are they going to do a Joey? I mean, you know what I mean? It's because like, they learn from that, I would think. And also because, you know what? If you get rid of Joey and he does have a problem, he's your friend first. I imagine he's your friend first. You don't want to let him go and just get have him get more depressed. Yeah, yeah no, I, I yeah, I, I, I get that, you know, but I don't know. What what we're reading out of here is is this interview that he did with, uh, with Metal Hammer. And Corey did. That Corey did with Metal Hammer. And I don't know that I read... I, I didn't read into what he said, the idea that he they let him go because of drugs. Like, I didn't get that out of what he said out of that. We're all happy Re- right now, and we hope that he is. That's my Corey Taylor impersonation. That's, that's pretty good. 
I've known him since 91, and that was before we were in bands together, and he's incredibly talented. He's just in a place in his life right now that's not where we are in the nicest terms. So I, I, that could mean that could mean a thousand different things. Absolutely, I don't read drugs into that at all. And that see, could mean he's a Christian. Rob's like, if you think maybe I mean, Taylor's referring to possible substance abuse problems, you are not the only one. And I'm like, well, maybe not, but that's only because I have a lot of people read metalinjection.net. There's a lot of crazy. Well, well, I think there's a possibility. I mean, it's a possibility. It is possible, but like, it could be a gambling addiction. It could be a. It could be alcoholism. It could be. It could be a, could thou- be, a thousand could, different things. Yeah, it could, could be fucking women. It could be. Yeah, you know, it could be a lot of it. It could be it, domestic abuse. It, it could be he whatever. He could be way behind in Breaking Bad, you know? And he's just, <laughs> that's what he's doing right now, you Dude, know? why are you just now <laughs> binge-watching Orange is the New Black? Where the fuck have you been? Yeah, exactly. We haven't been able to have a conversation for years now. <laughs> he's like, just not in a place where the rest of the band is. Oh, God, you're always behind, man. <laughs> I could totally see that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So that's the thing is, I, I, don't know, I don't know that I read that into that, you know? Yeah. I, and to me, it seems like they're at that point where... Joey is, he's a big enough personality that there could be a personality conflict. I, I hate to do this, but can I circle this back to Corey's interview? Because now I kind of see a hint. Uh-oh. All right, so the the, uh, the quote that follows is, I haven't talked to Joey in a while, to be honest. That's how different we are. It's not because I don't love him and I don't miss him. And it is painful. We talk about him all the time, but at the same time, do we miss him or do we miss the old him? That's what it really comes down to. Mm, the change. Well, yeah. So the I metamorphosis. Can, now it sounds a little bit maybe. like drugs, mm. maybe, but he's a different man. The original or, or quote he, doesn't. Or was he bitten by a spider? No, but he says it's painful. Now it's not painful when the dude's gone off to Harvard. You know, no, or, but it's painful when you think about losing a friend. I mean, that, yeah, but it's, you know, if it were something positive, it wouldn't be painful because you'd be happy for him. Well, no, we know it's not positive. It didn't end like, well, uh, I mean, that was that he was basically fired. And then Joey said, no, I'm not fired. And then, you know, that, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it didn't end well, or at least from what we, we can tell on the outside. Anyway, but and uh, I get it. There's a lot of legal things that they can't, they, the band can't say, but Joey can talk all he wants. He's well, a lone wolf. What they, are they going to do? They can say whatever they want. I mean, he could, no, you know, he, the band can't. Why not? Because he'll sue. Mm, yeah. I guess that's a good point. They, do, they, they are making, they are making money. Just like the basis from, uh, um, oh, what the, uh, they dumped him and then he did a blog post about it. Um, God damn it. My brain's exploding. I'm uh, trying to think of what you're thinking of. Yeah. Oh, uh, bub, duh, um, the machine head. Machine head. Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Woo! You win. Woohoo. Who are, who Adam are machine head? Adam Deuce. Yeah. So, you know, Adam he Deuce, sued just because yeah. of a rough blog post. So, you know, if, if, if Slipknot, Corey, or anybody That's say true. anything. That's true. Joey's got a potential uh, uh, lawsuit. Yeah, on his because hands. it's defamation, you right. know, and and trying to and it could ru- it could hurt his career and all right. that stuff. Yeah, so I could see that being a problem. But Joey can say anything he wants because what are they going to do? Sue the ex drummer? No, well, you know they could. It, it's a, dude. It's possible. It's totally possible because he because no matter what, Joey Jordanson, formerly of Slipknot, is going to be using the Slipknot name to promote himself, whether it be 
whether it be drum clinics or whatever. I, I disagree. I think that's. I think. I think. He, it, I think Joey Jordanson is always going to be tied to Slipknot, no matter what. I think formerly, just like Dave oh, Lombardo is formerly of Slayer. I know it's but, always going to be that way. But Dave Lombardo is doing everything he can to not bring it up. But I'm just saying that it's that it's it's just part of the way that we think about bands. Once once you're in, you're always in. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be that way. And he's known for and been in there long enough. That he's part of Slipknot, so you know if they really wanted to push it. Like every time he put a poster for a drum clinic and said Joey Jordanson of Slipknot, using that name on that poster could be seen as a violate. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. they could get really hard on his ass if right. they wanted to. Right. So I mean, that can go both ways. Right. And I think it's as amicable as it can be. And I think that's as the least accusatory of anything that 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 Corey Taylor could possibly get. You know, without saying something that's going to get him in trouble. Right. Yeah, but I don't know that it implies drugs, though. Yeah, I, I I'm not so sure either. But but should they fire people? Like, so say if Corey's like seen doing freaking crank or something, should they fire his ass? Not that you saw him do it. No, I'm just saying. No, sometimes he acts that way. He's like, <laughs> you know. But no, I mean, like, say if yeah. one of the guys in the band gets. I mean, are they drug testing the dudes in Slipknot now? Yeah, no, you can dump the bassist. <laughs> But everybody else has got a lot of shit. You got some security. shit for that on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You got some shit for that on Twitter. Quite a bit, actually. So make sure you check out at Godless Speaks on Twitter. He needs more followers because I'm beating his ass right now. Yeah. It, so. But we need to get into our feature interview of this episode. Dave Lombardo, dude. We are so stoked uh, about this. So excited to talk to him. Uh, and yeah, it's... Um, can I say one thing? Quite a like, good long chat. Last year, I... Uh, or so last year? Last year, I read the most amazing book uh dx ferris who writes for metal sucks yeah. every once in a while wrote a biography about the history of slayer and it you it, people get it download it if you got a kindle whatever pick Bad it up on paperback it's a freaking awesome book i learned so much from it yeah just do it i'll, I'll put a link on twitter or something or maybe we can put a link well, even I'll tell on you, i don't know if i don't know if godless over here was like on on happy pills or whatever he was taking but i know that i had to shut up during some of this interview because he's just ready and raring to go yeah i, I and I, I kept it but under. your 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 christmas your christmas morning excitement was uh was was worth me uh you know being a little oh, you know, yeah because i was excited for you <laughs> pretty he's like come on man can you put a little bit of christmas jingle bells in post maybe let's see if i can do that <laughs> dave lombardo on the metal sucks podcast Welcome to the Metal Sucks Podcast. I'm Chuck, and that's Godless over there, and uh, we are very excited to talk to you, man. Awesome, thanks. We, we, we we're so excited. I think I think I think it would be better if we just all spend the day together because <laughs> I got like uh, uh, one of those legal size pads and just filled with questions. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, congrats on the release of the new record. Does it feel like an exhale at this point after the last few years that you've had, or does it feel like you're just getting back on a treadmill? It feels like an exhale with the parts of the record, you know, the artwork, you send it to the record company and, you know, you're like, that's it. It's done. Here we go. You send it off. It's like sending your, your kid to school, you know, on the first day, you know, it's like, here we go. Um, good luck. And, uh, you know, it feels great. Um, 
if it feels like I'm I'm getting going again, is that what you said? Uh, well, well, just get, fe- feel like you know, just the the everything, you know, the the just feeling like you're getting back yeah. on that treadmill of of having to make From, music promote, and yeah, yeah, everything, and tour and all that. Well, I mean, uh, I've I've been doing it, you know. I mean, I, I've done you know some scattered shows with film, and and I've been diligently working on this album, you know, ever since uh, probably the recording of harmonic uh because we were writing songs for fire from the evening sun as we were we were as we were recording you know the first album so the process really hasn't stopped you know and, and we've maintained uh you know our focus um so really i i haven't i haven't stopped except you know the media is you know picking up on everything I say and, and, you know, just things are a little different now, you know, and also, you know, we have UDR backing the album, which is a a respectable, you know, record company out of Germany who I used to work with, uh, during the grip incorporated years. So it's just, um, it's exciting. It's been really, really exciting. I got to say like 15 years ago, I saw you with Bill Laswell, John Zorn, and Robert Fripp perform out in Brooklyn. Oh, the Bell Atlantic Jazz Festival. I don't I, I don't remember being part of the jazz festival. I remember being out on the pier. And yeah, it was like in a shopping mall. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was it was one of those like um just amazing, amazing gigs. But the thing that stu- has always stuck out uh, for me is like, you know, 20, 25 minutes of Zorny jazz, and then you did a double bass drum roll and everybody freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not used to, you know, that, that genre genre isn't used to hearing, you know, uh, that kind of drumming. But yeah, I, I remember that show clearly. Um, I remember it was it was somewhere in Brooklyn, somewhere in a shopping mall uh, or by a shopping mall. It, it, it was amazing. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, there were more than my just my devil horns hitting the air <laughs> in the air. I'll yeah. tell you that though. <laughs> do do you? I mean, is that? I mean, with film and grip and and the jazz stuff. I mean, are you more driven ever than ever to kind of um, create? Yeah, create and sort of uh, uh, think more creatively more than commerce. I have that freedom, you know, now a little more than I did, you know probably you know a couple couple few years ago because of the schedule and you know uh, my previous band's demands um but you know now it's like i have freedom to do what basically whatever i want when i want and and i have control of my schedule and and now there's really you know nothing holding me back i mean shit i mean i remember i mean i put out 30 albums or 30 plus albums 32 now with with fire from the evening sun if i'm not mistaken you know and i've only released two albums in the 12 years i was with slayer well let me include harmonic in there because i squeezed that one out but you know um i'm i'm a very uh, you know creative person and i i am a hard working person and um it's it's what i enjoy to do so now it's it's a really good time for me because the sky's the limit is it almost like you have so much that you want to do that it's hard to pick which one, which direction to go uh, in? Well, you have to be careful. Yeah, you don't want to oversaturate. You know, you don't want to spread yourself thin. Uh, you want to make sure that everything you do is done 
wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly and with passion and done tasteful and, and very, um, you know, uh, classy. You know, you can't put out shit. And, you know, I, I try to put out, you know, best product that I can. So what are you probably, what do you feel that you, I mean, obviously film is top of the list, but what, what are you most passionate about right now? Uh, well, yeah, film is at the top of the list and, mm-hmm. and Phantomus, you know, with Patton, we're getting back together again and we're doing some shows in, in South America. I'm stoked that, about that. Yeah. That's very, very exciting. And I still have, uh, John Zorn and Bill Laswell and we're doing, uh, a show here in, in Los Angeles, uh, in May next year. Uh, and, and who knows what else is going to, you know, come up. Um, you know, there's, there's other shows that are, you know, probably going to happen sometime soon, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know when and where, but you know, that, that, that's always happening. You know, there's always an opportunity or, you know, something's always coming up with those guys. How did the, uh, how did the Phantomos thing come back around? That seems like it, it almost seemed like it was out of thin air for to, to me as a, as a fan. And it, it was like, Oh, I'm just totally excited about, about kind of the return of that. Well, Patton and I, we're, you know, we're still friends, yeah. obviously. And we, we, we communicate with each other, even when he was, uh, uh, we got together. Oh, the last time we got together was, uh, I think they played the Hollywood Palladium, um, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we chatted and he said, dude, you know, out of all the bands I play with, you know, Phantomus is the one, you know, everyone's requesting the most. And, um, you know, I said, man, that's exactly what people do to me. You know, they ask me, when's Phantomus getting back together? And I tell them, I don't know, don't hold your breath. I don't know what Mike's up to or or (laughs) what he wants to do. So, you know, and, and, you know, it wasn't a, a, a shock to me, uh, but it was it wasn't a shock, but I was surprised at how soon um, the show uh, um, developed, you know, came up. Yeah. And um, I, I was just I was very happy, very excited. When you split from Slayer, was was it just like you were immediately like film or uh, that's where I'm going? Or was it a, a, a sort of like just a wide open field and it was just a matter of who was going to call you and tickle your fancy first? Yeah, several, several bands, you know, and a lot of, you know, uh, baby Slayer bands that, that, you know, roam around on the internet, you know, they, they hit me up, Hey man, you want to do an album together? It's like, Oh dude, uh, come on. Um, you know, I, I played in the, the most amazing you know, thrash metal band, you know, I don't want to, you know, start all over again with another, you know, thrash metal band. And, um, so, you know, there were offers, but, you know, of course, you know, film was definitely my focus and, you know, and, uh, and of course Zorn and, and, and any of the little projects like avant-garde projects that came around, uh, like Mad Zettelberg, you know, House of Hey Duke, uh, you know, he hit me up to do some music and, um, that was, that was a lot of fun and, you know, doing work for Disney was, was, was great fun. And, and, uh, What'd you do California uh, they hired us to create music, uh, for a, for a cartoon pilot called dudes of legend County. And, uh, we had to create, uh, it was, it was total about 10 minutes of, of music that we created for this pilot. And the pilot was only 12 minutes long. So it was, it was filled with a lot of, you know, a lot of drums, percussion, um, a lot of samples, keyboards, you know, um, 
mandolin uh, film helped me you know create all this and it it turned out great we're really happy but then again it's a pilot so we really don't know yeah. you know if it's going to make it you know on on syndication or, or you know prime time or whatever but so who with knows that, with that where are you sequencing the music to sort of a you know go exactly with the video that you're watching yeah, the at video, the same time yeah or? well um are they asking yes. for like a mood Yes, exactly. So we'll get this. Uh, we'll, what we basically get is a uh, is the time frames, you know, that we're supposed to insert music, rock and roll, uh, something uh, like, uh, let's say, like the Ramones, for example. We need something in in, in the style of of Ramones. Um, so we'll create something around that, and we'll present it to them. No, we need something a little more. Uh, uh, let's say, what was another example that they said? Um, uh, medieval. So we created something medieval, and then they asked for something else, and then they went back to the original idea that they liked best. <laughs> Everyone's you know? a critic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is fine. I mean, we expected that. Yeah, I right. Mean, it was- Something you know, you have to go back and forth, and you know, present them with one idea. If they don't like it, present them with the other. Luckily, I have the musicians, you know, that are capable and don't get frustrated. You know, when you're asked, can you play that in a different key? Can you give me another variation of those same notes? You know, they're not intimidated by that. That, um, that sounds like it would be a really interesting like influence on. Like your songwriting for everything that you do, you know, not you specifically, but just like anybody after a project like that. Because it's an exercise. Uh, yeah. yeah. It is. Well, it actually brought out um, the best in us, in, in our, in our kind of, not a work ethic, but we worked really well, you know, under pressure. And others, we needed to have this done by the end of the month. So that means we have three weeks, guys. Come on, we have... 22 pieces of music that we need to create so we really had to buckle down and 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 focus and you know it i think it was it it brought the best out of us and i think we tapped into background backup vocals like all we realized all three of us could sing we could harmonize uh, you know, I play, you know, a little bit of guitar, I play a little bit of bass and, and keyboards and the other two musicians in film, uh, you know, Poncho is a Berkeley school of music graduate and, um, and Jerry's an, an amazing classical pianist. So I'm dealing with musicians that are of a higher level that if I ask them, guys, I need a, a, a reggae song, they, they can deliver like immediately. And and it shows in this cartoon. There's probably six or seven different genres of music. Um, you know, everything from ambient to reggae to like funk, uh, rock, um, oh, classical. I don't know if I mentioned classical, ambient. No double bass. <laughs> uh, is there a double bass? Uh, uh, no, there isn't. Dave, I would imagine that like an opportunity like that comes around fifteen minute, uh, fifteen years earlier. It's like you got your, your your kids like worship it, but like now they're all you know they've all outgrown Disney, you know. Yeah, they have definitely. <laughs> they've definitely outgrown Disney, but they did get a kick at the fact that I was working with Disney, and uh, and they uh, they got to see. Um, you know, the, um, the storyboard, you know, they got to see the rough, um, 
cartoon, you know, in, in, in its rough form. So it's uh, definitely a... Uh, it's it's definitely something that they learned from as well. So yeah, I was going to say, does cool. that kind of stuff inspire them in different directions? I mean, um, yeah, I'm sure it inspired my daughter because she loves art. She yeah. loves to paint. So I'm sure in one way or another, you know, it inspired her because she at least got to see, you know, the developing stages of a cartoon. Yeah, and it doesn't always look like the final. You know what what you what you see on TV. There's uh, there's a process to it. Well, and that was one of the, one of the craziest things we we did. The I'm, I have a ten year old daughter. One of the craziest things we did when we went on vacation to Disney World was we got stuck on a ride. We had to go behind the scenes to get out of this thing. Right, we got stuck, yeah. and uh-huh. she saw all the stuff behind it and had no idea all this uh, what all went into everything that was there. And mm. seeing that just sort of inspired her even more to to try to find out what was what it was all about. Do you think that's maybe moving her in a direction like your son's doing music and, um, yeah, definitely shows them that the, you know, that there's different ways of writing music. You know, it's not just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, you know, the formula that we all hear on the radio. Uh, you know, there's other ways and, um, you know, they, they, they're exposed to this, but it's, it's really not new to them. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, of course with Phantomus, you know, they know uh, of all that music that I performed with, with, with Mike, and it's very short snippets of music similar to to a cartoon. Mm-hmm. you got to make that cartoon happen, by the way. The Phantom Oz cartoon? <laughs> That'd be so awesome. <laughs> well, well, then, I, well, then I wouldn't be able to tour or, or do anything else because I'd have to be writing, you know, cartoon scores for you know who knows how many seasons oh but really dave you, you oh i don't get to tour anymore i mean that would be awesome right it, it would it would but you, you gotta admit i love being on stage or i have to admit that i love being on stage that's that's just my place that's where i just i let go and that goes for everything right i mean it, does that include because one of the things that you've been doing recently are the drum clinics thing do you love do you love doing that like that i do form of being on stage as well Yes, I do. It become it's a it's not really a drum clinic or a drum workshop because I feel that title could apply to these 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 drummers that you know went to the universities and 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 whatever to learn music theory and um, for me these these drum I like to retitle these drum clinics or drum workshops as one on one with Dave. They get to hear me perform these songs live, you know, minus you know the, the strings and or the guitars and bass and vocals, and um, and then you know I'll go into a drum solo. Who knows? I'll drum so uh, I'll solo for maybe fifteen minutes. I'll just go off into my own world, which oh. I love getting lost in. And then you know it it turns into uh, a question answer kind of uh, um, uh, format, you know, I'll sit there and I'll converse with the kids, you know, they ask questions, you know, and, and I'll, I'll answer them to the best, you know, best of my ability. And, you know, and, and they love it. it. They get to see a drummer that they've, you know, enjoyed listening to on record. And all of a sudden this whole image that they think that I am just falls and, and they realize, Hey, Dave is, Dave is just like us, you know, he's, 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 he's cool, you know? And, um, so I think it's, it's, it's neat, you know, and, and, um, for, for fans and, and, you know, these new drummers coming up and, you know, they get to see a show like that. And, and like I said, I love it. 
it, it's funny. Uh, you know, I wake up every morning and I say to myself, I say to my wife, I said, uh, I, I'm the greatest podcaster in the world. And today, <laughs> and today I'm going to prove it. But I'm just trying to convince myself of that. You're like, you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm the greatest drummer in the world. And today I'm going to prove it. You're just reminding yourself no, of that. I, I don't tell, No, I don't tell myself that. I don't, I don't think that way at all. I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy. I don't, I've never taken for granted my, my status and I've never considered myself better than anyone else. That was something my dad always told me never to think that you are better than anyone else. Um, it's just, it's not my nature. Um, so I, I don't wake up like that. I just, I, I wake up feeling great and look forward to, to, you know, accomplishing another one of my daily tasks, whether it's finishing up a mix or going to the studio, writing with the guys or doing interviews, um, you know, just, just things like that. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's part of my daily routine. So I really don't, uh, take it for granted in any way. I had heard that like, like, like the, the first time that you had split from Slayer, the guys tried to find anybody who could play like you. And this is, I, I, what year? This is after Rain and Blood. It's so like 80... 86. 86, that's right. That's right. Late 86. And they couldn't find anybody worldwide who could play like you. And, you know, that was part of what, you know, brought you back into the fold. And and that's got... I mean, at that time, you got to be thinking to yourself, man, I got, I got it made. I'm, I'm the only dude who can do this. It, you see, I, I, I didn't think like that. I, I found it very... I was honored that Ruben, Rick Ruben would, would contact me almost on a daily basis because he had just signed Slayer and I walked out I said, fuck this, you know, I just didn't want to deal with the shit, you know? So, uh, you know, he kept calling me. So dude, you need to go back. I, Rick, you know, I really don't care to go back. Mm, you need to go back, man. <laughs> you know, he was just, <laughs> It was very cool, you know, it's just, dude, you need to go back. And <laughs> until finally, until finally, I said, okay, well, let's talk. He goes, okay, I'll fly in. He flew in from New York. He picked me up in his car, and and uh, we went to Slayer's rehearsal, and, and we started jamming again, and he was happy. He was super happy. So, um, you know, it, it, that, was, that, that was an amazing time, you know, I, I, but I, I never thought that way. I, yeah, I, I got a brother who's a musician, and he was talking to me about how he had shown up to practice one day and it was like an hour and a half later, the rest of the band showed up and I was like, I got to tell you a story. <laughs> and it was the story about you having that happen to you, you know, like sitting there waiting for the rest of the guys to show up and then finding them drinking at Applebee's or TJF Fridays or something like that. It's like, ah, it's unbelievable to me that, that that would happen, you know? Yeah, yeah, shit like that happens, of course. I mean, and 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 sometimes, you know, I'd be late in showing up. You know, it, it happens. Even today, I mean, Jerry and I will be at the studio. Hey, Poncho, where are you? I'll be there in a half hour. He doesn't get here for a whole hour. So, I mean, we musicians. all have our responsibilities. Yeah, we're musicians. We run late, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> you know, shit happens. See, the drummer at least has a has an excuse. You got to load a bunch of shit, you know? I mean, yeah, that's, but that's the drummer's got no excuse. He's supposed to have better timing than anybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And the drums should have been, you know, set up at least at your <laughs> right. first. Yeah, this is Dave Lombardo. Yeah, yeah. right? People are going to set up his drums. Yeah, done. <laughs> no, not really. Not really, because at these drum clinics and workshops that I did in South America, I set up my own shit. I tuned my own drums. 
I didn't have anybody working for me. And even for the film shows that I just did, you know, I didn't have a drum tech. You know, it's... I, I, I don't know, man. You, could, I, I, you, you know. could sell a DVD of just you unloading your van of your drum yeah. set. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> here's Dave unloading his van. Yeah. Here's Dave setting up his drums. <laughs> you know, Here's Dave eating a sandwich. That would be awesome. Yeah. I, feel, yeah. I feel a YouTube series coming on. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> here's another question. I mean, you were talking about sort of like being creative and having the uh, opportunity to be creative you know like rain and blood's got like these three just like super iconic drum moments in there you know you you got you know the the bum 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 the beginning of raining blood you got the mm. the, the the double bass roll uh bass drum roll and you uh, know all that and it's like but then after that there didn't seem to be like uh, another one of those iconic moments was that just like not having the inspiration or was it a case of where you know that just it was never handed down the opportunity never presented or do you disagree with me mm, you know every every album is different i mean you know everybody i've worked with every album has its key moments you know it's uh you know it's it's all highlights and some albums don't even have a highlight but then you know and then two albums later, there's one album that's that's just special. Um, you know, you never know. Um, it's it's in the creative process. It's during the creative process. And I remember when um, when the whole Angel of, of Death song, you know, needed a little break or something there, like a drum roll. And one of the guys suggested, "Hey, why don't you put that part in that drum solo?" where you just do the double bass and, and you lead it back in with these tom parts. And I said, wow, that's, that's a great, great idea. Let's do that. Uh, and, I, and I broke into this double bass part. And then I stopped. I went, boom, 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 stopped, stood up, you know, raised my fist up, you know, in the air, and, and then went on with the drum solo or started the song, I forget. But yeah, it's, um, those moments, are, they're random. You know, in the songwriting process, you never know, you know, when one of those, you know, you know, times are going to happen where it's like, ah, this is, this is going to be epic. This is going to, this can last, you know, stand the test of time. You never know. Is that something that you know when you do it, though, that it's going to stand the test of time? Like right then you go, no. oh, oh shit, this is going to be, oh my <laughs> God, this is going to be wicked. No, you, you're, you're proud of your work, you know, like uh, when we were doing rain and blood we were proud of it we were like man this is fucking intense you know but at, 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 we didn't know what was happening at the time you know even today with some of the work like testament the gathering you know we just felt good when we were writing it and recording it and what turned out was was a fantastic you know album uh you know collaboration with with testament and myself and you know it's a crapshoot. You never know. I've never you figured never. out like how musicians like uh, figure out who's responsible for what in the songwriting process because it seems to me like that that double bass drum roll in Rain and Blood is what why is Lombardo's name not after that song? Yeah, you know yours. what I mean? Hey, and I asked, I asked, believe me, hey, how about getting me some publishing for that? And all I got was just nope. Nope. Oh. Nope. <laughs> Like, okay, fine. Yeah. 
you know, it's water under the bridge. I don't give a fuck. Is, you know? is everything done with them or is there still like lingering issues that need to be resolved? You know, uh, strange things have happened before, you know, um, you know, you, you never want to close the door, but you know, for right now, you know, they don't want to have anything to do with me and you know, I don't either. So I think it's just better, you know, that, uh, things stay this way and, they go on their way and, and I, I do my own thing. Is there ever like, is there anything like, like they expect like some sort of compensation from you or you feel that there's still money that's owed, uh, that's owed and that still needs to be resolved or is, 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 is the break pretty clean at this point? Uh, I don't know. I, I think there might be still some kind of talk or something, but pff, there might be some conversation, but I, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I honestly don't know. Hey, you know what? I don't want to answer. Oh, okay. All, right. <laughs> all good. All good. I think I've said too much already by saying, uh, 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 I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all right. So the other question that, 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 that sort of just hanging out, everybody, when Jeff passed away, everybody felt like that was the, the, that he was somewhat the bridge. And it, was that true? Were you guys still, uh, you know, relatively tight at that point, or or were you strained from Jeff at the, uh, as well? No, Jeff. Jeff's uh, text messages with myself. I mean, we were we were text messaging up to a month before he passed away. Mm. Um, I have text messages from him. You know, um, like I said, up to up to a month. So yeah, we weren't. You know. Um, we hadn't, you know, how, how do you say it? We were still communicating, mm-hmm. you know, at that point. And, uh, man, it, it really sucks. I mean, still to this day, um, it really bugs the shit out of me that he's gone. Um, he's, he's definitely uh, missed, you know, in my world because I spent a lot of time with him. Uh, you know, uh, he was in the front of us. I would hang out back of the bus he uh you know um the, the other members would be um you know inside the venue or um or or tom would be on his own bus but um you know jeff and i i mean would we'd have a lot of conversations and and uh, we would listen to a lot of music together and he loved my ipod that's for sure he just <laughs> he really enjoyed you know he would always come back of the bus to play some music I said, what do you feel like listening to? Just whatever you want. It's just something off your iPod. You know, and I remember I would play some really weird, random music, and he would come back. What the fuck is that? What the <laughs> fuck are you listening to? What were you playing? Oh, God, I don't know. Some kind of crazy, you know, avant-garde, uh, maybe industrial music. Uh, Einstruden, Neubauten. I oh, remember yeah. One time I, was, I would play some of that shit. And he was like, what the hell is that? You know, Leibach. I played some Leibach and, and he didn't know what the hell, you know, he'd never heard it like, in, you know, heard any music like that before. And um, you're naming so off he, the import section of the record right, store right now. Right. <laughs> and people the wearing the import, the import section, section. Of the, and nothing but, you know, guys wearing nothing but black and a little bit of <laughs> black lipstick buying those albums. Yeah. Oh my yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't heard it, and anybody mention Leibach in years. Wow, right? But they're they're classic. They're dude before before Ramstein. There was Leibach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, that I, it sounds to me like Rammstein picked up a lot of influences, you know, uh, a lot of influence from Leibach. Or they were very much influenced, you know. Pardon my Spanglish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I change my adjectives, which is, you know, it's kind of a screwy thing if you speak two languages. So, um, so anyways, yeah, you, you get uh, uh, so many influences. You see these influences in these other bands, and they usually stem from, you know, Leibach, uh, Neubauten, and who knows what else. <laughs> yeah. Any, anybody else with tildes and K, too many K's in the name? <laughs> Umlauts. Craftwork. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Craftwork. That's another one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Damn, the fathers of industrial music. Phenomenal. So what was your, what's been your process? I mean, did you, was there a point, considering everything that had been going on, where you're angry or, or is it just, just uh, disappointment or, or what? Uh, Your position's completely unique, I mean, in, in relation to him, from anybody else on Earth. And so I'm incredibly curious. Okay, r- run that question by me again, because I, I really want to I, I answer it as honestly as possible. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. was that? I, I guess your position in, in, in your relationship with Jeff is yeah. completely unique. I mean, it's, it's, it's unique from, from Tom and Carrie's. It's unique from everybody's. And so I, 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 I haven't heard, like... Uh, from your side, like just how you dealt with his passing and, and how you're dealing with his passing, I guess. It, it's it's difficult to deal with. It, it's difficult to deal with anyone's passing, you know, in general. But when it involves a musician, it's deeper because you share a love of creating music and you share a love being on stage. And when that person is gone, you have... You, you can't share that anymore. The times Jeff and I used to jam, used to improvise on stage, which was he, you know, Jeff and I were the only ones in the band that were able to improvise. And uh, that, that I feel is a very special um, attribute of musicians. Uh, some musicians are able to do that and some musicians can't. They can go to, you know, the most the greatest the most prestigious music school and 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 you know take a four-year course or an eight-year course and they come out they're phenomenal musicians they could read but they can't improvise worth a shit you know so he he had that talent and have and, and the loss of a musician and you're just not able to perform that way again. You, you're not going to be able to to capture or to feel that that guitar player, how his, his style, you know, feel the music that he plays. And it's it's difficult. It, it's you know you have to kind of you know make yourself realize you know hey it's you know he's gone you know you have to come to terms with it is what I'm trying to say, and you know. It's sad. It's very sad. And I didn't know exactly, you know, that I, I didn't know he was going to pass away, but you knew something was wrong. Um, you know, he wasn't, you know, around the most positive people helping him that should have been helping him instead of, you know, destroying him. Um, so you knew it was a downward spiral. So when it happened, yeah, I was in shock and I did mourn, 
you know, but then there was something, you know, that had kind of warned you along the way. He's not healthy. You know, it's not, something's not right. And, you know, you just, you just kind of, you know, kind of move on. But man, he's, he's always on my mind. He's always, I always think about him and it's just, it sucks. It really, really sucks. There's a, there's a sort of time period time that's period. kind of like, um, I don't know, a big question mark. Nobody knows much about what went down. And that's that, that one or two weeks that he spent in the desert where he got the spider bite. Do you know, like, who was he with? What was he doing? Why didn't he get himself checked out early, you know, earlier, all that stuff? Was that just um, not part of his personality or what? Uh, you know, I, I don't know why some of us, you know, don't go to the doctor when, when we should be going to the doctor if something, you know starts growing, you know, and you're like, oh, I'll just not worry about it. You know, it'll go away. Whatever, it's a rash, it'll go away. You know, not realizing, you know, what I had heard was, uh, I don't know when he got bit, you know, he lived out in the desert. He lived, you know, probably two and a half hours out of Los Angeles. And um, like we all did, we all lived you know, approximately two hours out of LA and out there, you know, you have these, you know, these spiders and, and certain bugs, you know, that live out in the desert, you know, that have the potential to, you know, do some harm. And I guess when he was bit, uh, he didn't, uh, didn't, you know, didn't acknowledge it or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, I think then he showed his wife, you know, it's like, Hey, look, look at my arm. Um, and and she told him, hey, you, you have to go to the doctor. You have to go to the doctor. That does not look good. And sure enough, the doctor told him, you know, you know, gave him not a prog not a prognosis, but he said, you have we we're either gonna amputate or you're gonna die. So you better say bye to your wife, you know. Um, and and so he went into surgery and and they put him in an induced coma and started cleaning his arm out. They saved his life and and they saved his arm, um, you know. And he was he was very very lucky, but he didn't uh, he, you know, probably didn't take his medicine and you know chose to uh, chose to drink instead, and you know that was it. Once he got sidelined and was no longer touring, even though he was still with us, he was just uh, in, in another place. Do you feel like you lost an advocate in the band? somebody that you relied on more than anybody um, else we knew he was still there and and it was yeah I, uh, no did wait what was the question again i'm sorry go on well, i mean it kind of seemed like it was always like the, we've kind of talked about the two of you together and without him on the sidelines it seemed like that's where things started to kind of go a little haywire for, for you in the band. Is that, is that, do you think that's true? Or as far as like him being an advocate and kind of your pair and you guys were strong together. And when he was sidelined, that was the you beginning know, of the end. Uh, we can make assumptions, but I, I really can tell you, I don't know. Yeah. He was definitely missed, but you know, with, you know, adding Gary into the picture, it was, it was fine. It was approved by Jeff. Jeff loved Gary. You know, they get, they used to 
Jeff used to love Gary's guitar playing. So his position in the band, you know, everyone was okay with what had happened and he understood. Now, in, in, in terms of my situation, who knows? Maybe, you know, that maybe the fact he was he was out kind of this this whole situation, you know, with me and the band kind of developed a little quicker. Whereas, you know, maybe it wouldn't have because he was in shock. You know, he sent me a text saying, Dave, you know, here, here are your headlines, man. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm kind of like straying off here what I'm saying. Uh, you know, he, de he definitely, he wasn't happy with what was happening. Um, you know, by his text, it's like, what the fuck is going on? We're no, but what I meant here's your here's your headline, you know, because you know how you guys like grasp on to all these <laughs> yes, yes, you we, guys run with it, you know, and Chuck uh, hates it. Chuck hates it. I love it. <laughs> love. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, there's one that hates it. And there's one that <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm like, oh no, I think I want to talk about the new album. Oh damn it! Right, right. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> but when, when but when we see you in person, we just blame the guys who run the website. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's easy to do that, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sitting here going, no, not again. Not another fucking headline. Damn it. All I need to do is fart in the wrong direction, and next thing you know, you know, it's it's, it's in the press. Yeah. Is, is that tough for you? I mean, is that, is that like the... Yeah, God, it's why do be, you give a shit? Yeah, I mean, so, so be it. People, at least we're, everybody's talking about you. You know what? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's how I feel. You know, good press, bad press, I don't care as long as you spell my name right. You know, it's perfect. <laughs> No, I don't mind. I don't mind. But in, I, I'm just happy to be part of the conversation or relevant. You know, it's good. It, it's not a bad thing. Well, I think that you brought up a, a perfect point that sort of this ties to is that it's a it, it's got to be amazing when you look across at your peers. You know, the people that you've grown up with, especially within this genre, but just in music in general, and there are not very many of them who have their eyes forward. You know, almost all of them at this point are going around doing that tour that they, you know, for that album from 1986, you know? That's so true. That's so true. And I, I think that's fear. It's fear. They just can't. They, fear or inability to recreate themselves. At least, I, I think we're on the same subject, right? We're, we're, we're on the same point, you know. Um, and I, I think, yeah, it, it's, it's fear of, of failure, uh, fear of stepping out of the box and trying something new. You don't think it's the, the, the commerce side of things? It's so much harder now than it was in, you know, in 1990 probably, to make a buck. Probably. Um, but if, if you look at, at a pie chart that shows the genres of music, uh, you know, metal only takes up less than 12% of the industry. You know, and, and if you're, that much. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, you just wonder really, you know, is this where I should stay or should I just continue evolving and, recreate what i already know but add a little bit of you know a bluesy element to a thrash style you know add a little funk to thrash you know maybe there has been in the past but 
at least not by me. So there's still a lot of places, a lot of musical, you know, uh, alleys, you know, I, I could venture in and, you know, even though they're a little dark and scary and don't know what I'm actually getting into, but I'm at least trying it, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, it's an amazing business. At this point, are you able to, if you want, walk away? Or do you still have to tour, have to record, have to, you know, produce and create music? I do it because I love it. Financially, can, can I walk away? Um, no, I'm not filthy. I'm not Metallica. You know, in Metallica, where you could just probably walk away and, you know, not have to, you know, work. But no, I, I have to work and I will continue to work. But part of it is because I love to do it. You know, um, but see, that's a little amazing to me. I mean, if you say the word Slayer, the, the, the word Metallica is in that sentence or that at least in that paragraph. You know what I mean? Big four. Yeah. So it's like, OK, well, maybe they can't. But I would I would have thought by now. And, and then but then there's the big question. It's like, is this like one of those Billy Joel situations where somebody's run away with everything? You know, well, as my. As my statement back in February 2013, I think that's that pretty much answers you know your your question. Mm. And um, you know I don't want to you know uh, talk about that. Oh, okay, uh, all good. That it's been already it's been already you know said and done. And and these these so called fans. Oh, why is he fucking talking about it again? You know, tell him to stop fucking whining. Well, you know what? Maybe you should tell your journalist to ask some other questions. Well, you know, I'm an, so. I'm an accountant, Dave. This is where my head goes. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> there he, you go. He actually is an accountant. That's a, that, that's the fucked up thing. He really is. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, really. Why why are the band members of Slayer living two hours and a half away from Los Angeles? I would say only one thing: they can't afford anything in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, <laughs> but then, you know, uh, yeah, I'm going to fucking say it, you yeah. know, but the managers living in fucking Hollywood Hills. What does that say? My friend? Yeah. Now you, you, know. you have, you always had independent management. I know you worked with, uh, is it Mark McCuriatus? Who's like, if there was a baseball card set of, you know, metal and rock no, managers. No, he, yeah. He worked for me, uh, for a short second oh okay in okay. my life yeah and I, I worked with uh with other managers like gunter ford at world entertainment uh you know but i i always uh i really never believed in in having somebody represent you but but yourself you know and i've never really been much into managers oh gotcha okay one last thing like in the news lately has been the uh um, with the, the NFL, you know, and there's been the abuse and stuff like that. And I know that there were accusations that your ex had assaulted you and you were a victim of abuse. Is that, is that true? Is that, or is that just the mud that kind of came out of all the, the, the divorce and all that stuff? That's, that's all the mud right there, you know, fueled, you know, by certain people that just, you know, want to, uh, devalue my name. And it's, it's just bullshit. That's it. Uh, you know, ex-wife, you know, unhappy, uh, you know, wants to maintain her position on the couch and, you know, wants uh. to talk a lot of shit. So, 
there you go. So you get your ex-band and your ex-wife, and what do you get? You know, you I, get mud. I'm just sorry to hear that, like, after 20-odd years, I was hoping, all right, all that goes out, and then somehow you figure out a way to get along again, but it doesn't sound like that happens. No. Uh, no. But everything's cool with the kids? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Definitely. My my oldest son, he's uh, he's the engineer for film. He's live engineer and studio engineer. Uh, he recorded the first, he was the recording engineer for the first two film albums. Uh, my second oldest son, Jeremy, has his own band called Two Humans. Yeah, we listen to uh, that. Yeah, he's, uh, he's great. He's following in the footstep of, footsteps of dad. He loves playing drums. You know, and my daughter, Sophie, and she's, she's amazing. She loves art. She loves to paint. So, you know, we spend a lot of time together and we have a very close relationship. I would think that that would be, I mean, you want testimony. That is pretty amazing testimony. You know exactly. what I mean? Like Absolutely. The, the idea yeah. that, that, that and there's just all this stuff is baseless. It is absolutely baseless. My friend, it's, it's just a lot of shit. It's just a lot of shit. Like I said, my, my kids and I, we get along great. We have a great relationship still, even after, you know, um, the divorce. So it's all good. Are, are, uh, you did, there was talk about you were doing a soundtrack with Gary Holt at some point. Is that right? This, yeah, this was, uh, during, this was probably 2012, um, 12, 30, yeah, probably a, approximately a year before, uh, the Slayer split, we created, uh, two or three songs we improvised. That's this is uh, Gary Holt's another one of those guys. Awesome. I'll never forget. Real quick, a little story about Gary Holt. Gary and I were on stage in India, Bangalore, and uh, sound check, and it sounded great on stage. He started riffing like a madman, just going off, and I was just right behind him, just following his riffs. And we were improvising. We we basically created an album on stage an entire album in, in a half an hour that we were just jamming. And it, it was just phenomenal. Uh, that guy's a phenomenal, you know, guitar player, but I'm sorry, what was your question? You just took me to India, Gary. Holden, <laughs> <laughs> well, is that ever going to see the light of day? Oh yes. Yes. Uh, it's called house of shock. It's based, it's a documentary based on, um, on this haunted house, I guess, uh, Phil and Selmo used to own in New Orleans. It's like, you know, 365 days a year and, uh, it's supposed to be an amazing show. And, uh, it's just kind of the history about it. And, and we created a song, two or three songs for that soundtrack. And I think Chuck Billy sang on them. Uh, so that, uh, as far as I, the last I heard of it, they were doing some final edits and some post-production stuff, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, wrapping it up. So that way, you know, it, it sees the light of day. See, I see, I see a special event at the house core film festival here uh -huh. at some point. Uh, you know, for that, that would be awesome. Right. Right. Oh yeah, totally. yeah. Yeah. Cause we're down here in Austin actually. So that's a, yeah. that's, that's part of our <laughs> the second annual wheelhouse. Up. So. Yeah. I love Austin. That's great down there, man. Will you ever tour? I know that you're always forward looking, right? And you're always trying to push the the push your music forward. But could you ever do a, a celebration of your career type of tour? You know, like maybe not with the musicians, but just the music. 
later, man, later. There's all, these, there's all these guys coming out with these biographies and shit. It's like, man, you're only 50 fucking years old. So, shit, I got another 30 years. I'll fucking, you know, throw out a biography then, you know? Totally. So, I don't know. L- later on, you know, I who knows? Yeah, that sounds like fun. But Jeff but never I be, wrote but, his autobiography. We all miss it now. What's that? Say Jeff that Jeff never wrote an autobiography. Yeah, and, I mean, it's like, true. oh, the, the, the stuff you that must have been in that head. Jeff wouldn't have done that. Jeff wouldn't have written an autobiography. I don't think he would have. No, of course not. But nah, Jeff is too hardcore. He was, he, he was, uh, <laughs> Hell yeah, he always he was. went against the grain. He was like, fuck that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> But even if somebody had just stuck a mic in front of his face and just sat there and recorded, let him riff you know? for four or five hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which is which is what I'd want to do with you because it's like, oh, I mean, here we are. We're like trying to wrap up. Chuck's like going, dude, 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 and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, but we haven't even talked about, you know, no, I got to talk about. Oh. <laughs> I'm well. afraid if we, if you if you're. You know, if you're, when you're cranking 30 years from now and we try to sit down for the podcast, forget sitting down with you for a whole day. We'll have to, like, spend a whole week. And right, no, yeah. Nobody wants to spend a whole week with me. That's true. No. <laughs> no, have you seen Have you seen what happened with, with those guys uh, trying to film Ginger Baker? Did you see that movie? No. Uh, uh, Beware of Mr. Baker, Ginger Baker, the drummer for Cream. The guy is absolutely senile. You know, and well, he's not really seen now, but he's up there and he's insane. And these these kids, you know, from Britain went down to South Africa to videotape him. And and he comes up to the car and hits them in the face with his cane. And and he's just you really have to watch that movie. So that's probably a little uh, a little teaser of what I'm probably going to be. <laughs> I think, hey, you, I, kids. Think, I think all you drummers are crazy. There's no other way you could s- pull your mind apart and be able to control four different limbs doing four totally different things at the same time. Yeah, you have to be pretty special. <laughs> <laughs> I'm special. <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to use that word anymore to describe yeah, right. <laughs> dude, it's been great talking to you, man. It really has. And we appreciate you taking out the time, dude. It's a, it's, it's awesome. Like you said, we could go on for hours. And so they, glad to hear you sound, it up, man. you sound so happy and content. And that's so great to hear. Yeah. You know, you, you can't. You can't be negative. That's one thing I've learned. You know, that's something I, I think I picked up from from my parents because, you know, when you're when you're when you live in a communist country, and the, you know the government comes in and takes everything that you own and said this does not belong to you anymore, and you know they send their two uh, eldest sons to another country, anticipating you see them in in five months and the 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 Cuban Missile Crisis happens, and the wall goes up, and they don't get to see their children for five fucking years. Okay, and and who knows what you know? They didn't know what was going to happen, you know, with their family. Uh, you know, you become very op- You try to be as optimistic as as possible, and you try to be as positive as you can be. And and I feel that you know they've been put through the worst i don't think i nearly have gone through what they went through in their life so i feel that being optimistic and and positive is the best way to deal with any adversity in life you know and you just you just have to stay stay focused and move forward 
and not a step back, not even to gain momentum. Now I want to spend an hour talking politics with Dave Lombardo. <laughs> no, dude, I'm the worst guy to talk politics with. Which, Forget it. Which probably would be incredibly entertaining. Yeah, right. <laughs> Remember, I'm watching a YouTube video of you unpack your car. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the peanut butter and banana sandwich, you know. <laughs> Uh, the new record, Fire from the Evening Sun, from film is out in stores right now, and uh, you should check it out. It's pretty rad. So, dude, we appreciate it, man. Thank you, Dave. You're very, very welcome. Take care, guys. Much, awesome. much respect.
I sort of agree with the sentiment from last week's post about Texas in July going, what the fuck? That's Texas in July? <laughs> Holy shit. That's not bad. Actually, that is a pretty good song called Nooses right there off the new CD. Uh, what's it called? Bloodwork from Texas in July? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yep. pretty good. I, I like it. I yeah. wasn't blown away, but I was blown away by it being Texas in July. I, dude, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought they were much, uh, much lighter band than that album suggests. I didn't hear like you would think a band at this point would have like. I was waiting for some some you know like sweet little something. Yeah, they're a band who knows how to write a song, and I I like it. The sound, mm-hmm. it's heavy. Yeah, it's pretty good. the track you played, really freaking cool. But I, I the whole album to me kind of washed out a little bit. Mm. I didn't have like that. Well, it's that the, it's that it's all sort of blends together. Yeah, of yeah. Well, I, like so that separation where. You got a winner. You know, you know, you compare it to like Whitechapel's album because you got it, right? Because it's not necessarily the same sound, okay. but it's similar enough-ish. And I would say, you know, Whitechapel, they got the saw as the law. They got the tune about the um, uh, uh, data. That other thing where they're angry something. about something. But they, yeah. they've got like those that songs about that stand out that yeah. make the whole album work. Yeah. It gives, I, it, it gives it some kind of arc right, and or I, some kind of ebb and flow. To me, it didn't. Texan July is, it's just one level. It's yeah. good. Good example of that. I, like, I wrote a review for Injection about uh, the new Haunted record. Yeah. And uh, I think the Haunted's got a lot of that too, mm-hmm. where it's it's like, holy shit, this is all sort of the same the same sort of timber, you know, or the same sort of sound to it. But it's so, I don't know, each one has got its own yeah yeah like it's got its own bite to it like cutting teeth song freaking just a different little bite to every single song even though they're all it's just they're all tight yeah yeah it's good stuff yeah uh well speaking of which actually hopefully a couple weeks from now we're gonna be interviewing at the gates oh Oh, are you pre-selling i'm I'm front selling you're front selling i'm front sell a little bit i gotta front sell a little bit i wasn't allowed to front sell well i mean i'm i'm excited about it you told me not to front i did tell you well mainly because uh, i just hate the the only reason i hate the front (laughs) sell is because like if it all blows up or some shit you're like oh oh." right all right fine i won't front sell then all right at the gates is not coming up (laughs) in a couple weeks On the Metal Sucks Podcast. (laughs) Make sure you follow us on iTunes, because anything that does come up that happens to be in our future, you can find out about it uh, right here, of course, on MetalSucks.net. But then if you subscribe on iTunes, it can come right to your device, whether that happens to be uh, your iPad or your iPhone or your Android or whatever, like all that stuff. Bam. It's one way to do it. And also, of course, we communicate on the Twitter box, which is sort of awesome sometimes and sort of not at others. For you, anyway, at Godless Speaks, if you <laughs> want to find him. Good. Always good. Uh, and I'm at Bearded Ape, so you can find me there. That's It's always pretty good. It's always good. Yeah, for the most part. And uh, the speak pipe thing. Yes. Leave your messages. Pretend it's sports talk radio, you know? <laughs> and just call with whatever's going on. It sort of is. You know, it's a bunch of guys who know not quite enough about what they did and can't make any music of their own, talking shit about people who do the stuff, uh, you know, for real. And yeah, that's yeah. what we do. So, you know, you got a band, say I'm so-and-so from such and such a band and, and then do your thing. You wanted to get talked about? That's how you do it. You talk about it. Yeah. I'm yeah. from such and such a blog. Yeah. And if you want to find that, if you go to the podcast page at metalslicks.net, it's right there at the bottom of each post. You got a little thing where you can leave a message and do so. It could be topical. It can be uh, timely. It could be whatever. Anything you want to hear us Untimely. talk about. And, and if you've left a message, we haven't played it yet. Be patient; it's coming. We're it's gonna, coming. We'll, we'll do it sooner or later. Yeah, eventually we're going to do an episode where it's just going to be nothing but these calls. 
because they're, they're starting to accumulate. Yeah, we'll we'll have that interview not not come through. Yeah, it's like when half the gates doesn't call. That's that's yeah. all we'll do that week. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Kick ass, man. Well, I'm Chuck. I'm Godless, and this has been another episode of the Metal Sucks Podcast. Why are you the truth?